Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Wednesday Farm News on this 14th of December. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Well, according to the National Weather Service, Bismarck reported 12.2 inches of snow, 9 inches in Jamestown, Dickinson 5 inches. Uh, North Central Dakota, Pingree received 11.8 inches. Herdsfield not far behind with 11. Uh, in uh, the eastern side of the state, Thompson reporting 13 inches. Crookston, Minnesota, 12 inches. 9.8 at Hillsboro, Forest River, 10. Valley City at 12 inches. Lisbon, uh, 14 inches. And Grand Forks having 10 inches of snow. The day will be spent clearing snow for many people. Home on the Prairie weather owner Mark Ewan says the snow hasn't left the forecast just yet. Well, the storm system that has brought significant snow to a large portion of the Red River Valley and adjacent tri-states region will linger until week's end before weakening and moving off with several more rounds of significant snow across parts of the area. By the time we're done with the system Friday, some locations could have 12 to 16 inches of new snow on top of the existing snowpack. Ewan says the Red River Valley in Minnesota will get most of the snowfall today and Thursday. Looks like the most significant snowfalls are going to be across the Red River Valley region and points to the south and west. There's already been significant snows across a large part of South Dakota and North Dakota. The heaviest snowfalls should essentially be from eastern South Dakota across the Red River Valley, then eastward across northern Minnesota into northern Wisconsin. Aberdeen livestock owner Kevin Larson says weather will continue to play a big role in the feeder cattle market. You know, we kind of had a weather market this last week. You know, I mean, the market, I'd call it, you know, steady to some lower on some of these lighter cattle, but the packer. They're paying a little more for fats, but now we get these storms coming across, so I'm sure they're going to use that on us. And, and uh, so the fat cattle deal is steady. The feeder cattle deal has a lot of demand to it, but we're going to have some weather thrown into it, you know, for the next little while. And in my opinion, we're going to put in some highs here. You know, it might take a while here, but I think we're going to see. Well, you look in the in the fall. Look at what like October board is at 205. We got some great potential in this sucker. If this thing's for real, we got ten, fifteen dollars a hundred in these feeder cattle. Larson says the market right now is flooded with cull cows. You know, these big heavier feeder cattle, you know, they're gonna be at the mercy of the packer, you know, but these light cattle like these five fifties and under, oh man could they get high. Whoo! Market, a lot of cattle moving, ton of cows. Boy, the cow liquidation thing is insane. Lots of calls, a lot of people calling. I'd say that thing's probably five to seven lower than it was a month ago, but there's just a lot of them. I mean, if this thing doesn't slow down, I don't know. I mean, I don't think these USD people have any idea what our inventory is. Winter storms moving across the plains are pressuring the wheat and corn markets. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says the moisture will help soil conditions and increase water levels on the Mississippi River. Yeah, something that's helped out by these showers that moved through this week. But, you know, not to say that's not a problem that w- that could persist, unfortunately, here into these uh, early 2023 months, uh, given that we've still got a La Nina in place that may be uh, lessening in its strength and, and on its way out finally after three years in a row. But f- for now, 
it's still a drier pattern out from the southwest that's going to give us concern um, after the year we've had, certainly. Traders are also waiting for the results of the Federal Reserve meeting. Well, central bank day today, so that'll make the outside markets very influential, even more so than what they have been. So sharp moves for the dollar, potentially expected equities, interest rates, of course, following later this afternoon what the central bank will decide on our next rate hike. It seems that we're, we've got a market that's kind of pricing in this sort of pivot. We'll see if that eventually continues to take down the dollar in a way that uh, bodes friendly for export potential on the uh, commodity side. Grain market continues to trade mostly sideways. Kleiss Commodity Advisors Managing Director Al Kleiss' trade volume has backed off. Yeah, yeah, it does. Other than uh, algorithm traders trading with each other, the actual amount of farm marketing going on right now is pretty limited, especially in the northern plains with the weather that's developed. Traders are also waiting to see what the Federal Reserve does with interest rates. Some of the inflation news has been improving, uh, especially the report on Monday, so that's been uh, beneficial to the stock market. Uh, we're expecting a half-point rate, but the, really the uh, detail of what they say in the minutes after the meeting is what, where we really get the big market reaction. Now, yesterday the dollar was down uh, almost 1%, down another uh, two-tenths of a percent today. Uh, Long-term, if we can begin to moderate the interest rate increases, it's going to be negative the dollar and ultimately beneficial for our exports. National Corn Growers Association President Tom Haig and the presidents of 23 state corn growers are calling on the Biden administration to address Mexico's decision to block imports of biotech corn. The corn grower leaders want the issue on the table during trade talks in early January. If the import ban is not withdrawn soon, the groups want the White House to initiate a case under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Classic La Nina conditions are evolving in South America, including dry, biased weather in southern Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay, while central and northern Brazil sees abundant to excessive rains. World Weather Incorporated says southern Brazil will see mostly less than an inch and a half through Christmas, while northern Brazil could see two and a half inches to over six inches. During the second week of the weather outlook, northern Brazil will see an additional one to two inches of rain, while southern Brazil will see mostly less than an inch and a half. World weather says rainfall in Argentina will be mostly light and widely scattered, with rainfall totals amounting to less than an inch. After a 45-day review, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States determined the proposed Fufang project is not covered by its jurisdiction and will not be taking any further action. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer told the Red River Farm Network he will get a, classic, a classified briefing on this decision next week. Kramer is opposed to, to the investment by the Chinese Communist Party in the U.S. agriculture. Fufang plans to move forward with its corn wet milling plant north of Grand Forks. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The National Corn Growers Association's letter to President Biden emphasized the importance of coming to an agreement as soon as the January 9th meeting between countries. South Dakota Corn Executive Director Danita Murray says maintaining the export relationship with Mexico is what's important. One of the things that from South Dakota Corn's perspective that we would want highlighted when folks are talking about this situation with Mexico is that Mexico is an important customer, right? We 
understand that there, uh, even just geographically, is one that we, the U.S. is well positioned to, you know, in the supply chain to supply the needs of, of Mexico's customers. So our first and foremost goal is that, you know, trade not be disrupted. That is something that's important to us as our government looks at the steps available to it. It's something we want, certainly, the Secretary and USTR to keep in mind. Nevertheless, with U.S. corn farmers making planting decisions for 2023, market uncertainty could throw a wrench into export demands. I think the letter that South Dakota Corn Growers Association signed says it fairly plainly. You know, we are, our growers are in the midst of beginning to make a multitude of planting decisions for next spring. Markets do react to decisions like this by, you know, import and export customers. And so we understand that additional uncertainty, right? There's many factors that the market reacts to in the big board that shows in, up in price for, for producers. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's that additional uncertainty that if that can be worked on and removed, obviously the quicker the better. Green Bison soy processing finance leader Charles Mueller says the soy crush plant planned for Spiritwood, North Dakota, is on track to accept soybeans in 2023. We're looking to be online by harvest 2023, and I can say with confidence that we're on schedule to be able to deliver on that expectation. Um, a lot of exciting things are happening at the site uh, today. We've we've had a plethora of uh, contractors on site and they've done a phenomenal job especially in our prep building and extraction we've been receiving all of our key pieces of equipment on time and according to our schedule and continuing to reiterate that we are on on schedule to be ready to go for harvest 2023 with a, a bid a commercial bid for harvest 2023 soon to be released by uh, year end is our target Mueller says growers could start contracting beans from uh, next year's harvest. So the facility is built um, to handle uh, quite a bit of the local grower demand. So we're looking to procure um, roughly about 53 million bushels per year at our site. Um, with, a, with a strong focus on the local grower base delivering via truck, we've got a robust receiving pit that's able to handle uh, quite a bit of bushels per hour, and that's going to be our, our main intention. And we also have functionality to be able to receive soybeans when needed via rail, but our, our predominant focus is going to be the local grower base via local delivery via truck. This is the time of year for budgeting and preparing for the upcoming growing season. UPL Strategic Marketing Manager James uh, Cody also sees this as an important time to evaluate the weed control strategy. You know, the pre-emergent side of it, when we think about weed control and uh, resistance management, it's extremely important. So, you know, I think taking an extra moment to really consider that pre-emergent and what that early post looks like is important. Supply chain logistics has forced farmers to make earlier buying decisions, but Cody says it's it does go beyond that. I, I think over the past several years, it feels like growers have been you know have been planning more, thinking more about um, what's upcoming versus being reactive in season. So I, I think that's the right direction, and especially when budgets are tight, you know, to make sure that they have plenty of time to to make the get the right products in the barn. 
cash grain basis bids at the six regional grain elevators followed by the Red River Farm Network saw minor changes. Spring wheat basis ranges from 10 to 65 cents under the Minneapolis March futures contract. Sun Prairie grain at Minot having the biggest change from 65 cents under to 40 cents under. Spring wheat basis at West Central Egg Services in Olin, Minnesota improved from 15 cents under to 10 cents under the March contract. Basis bids for corn are unchanged from last week, ranging from 15 to 30 cents under the March futures. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Planning for the 2023 growing season can help take your mind off the current weather conditions. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The last few years in the Red River Valley has seen both an excess and lack of moisture depending on the year or even the time of year. The Case IH North America Tilling and Pull Type Fertilizer Manager, C.J. Parker, says when considering both drought and excess moisture, it's necessary to get out in the field to know how to best manage your soil types. When we we're talking about drought or uh, soil moisture in general, I think we got to pay attention to where our compaction and where our, where our issues may be in the field. I like to go out and take a spade and, uh, and dig a hole in the ground use my pocket knife up the side and, and find where that compaction layer may be and how thick and how dense that compaction layer is. We think a compaction is just holding water, but in a drought condition, you know, every soil type's got the ability to, to percolate water up through that soil profile. Depending on what kind of soil type is, it depends on how on how much moisture can get up there. But if it hits that if it hits that compaction layer, it's gonna stop and not get to the roots of that plant. Parker also says Case IH has a way of making a plan to manage tillage for different soil types more precisely using technology. You know, one of the things when we're looking at tillage, it's always kind of been, um, I don't know, dump, the dumb iron. Like there's no, no technology on it, no electronics, but uh, when we look at the Case IH soil command offering, where we offer that electronic control settings and adjustments on our, on our tillage tools, that also gives us the ability to do uh, prescription tillage. But uh, I want to keep uh, producers in mind that um, it's actually pretty simple on where you want to write that prescription by, by soil type, for instance, uh, by, by, you know, get your yield map or your residue sticker. Maybe you got a spot in the field that's highly erodible. You can load that prescription in and then you know that tool is going to operate the way you want it for the, for the farm. On the Red River Farm Network reporting agriculture's business. I'm Whitney Pittman. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're going to see wheat Minneapolis five to seven cents lower. Chicago wheat's down two, Kansas City down 15 and three quarters. March corn's down two and a quarter, July's down a penny and a quarter. January soybeans are three and a quarter higher, while the March beans are a penny and a quarter higher. January canola down 20 cents a metric ton. December live cattle down 37 cents. January feeders down 80 cents. December hogs down seven cents. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.